honestly. And, 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 and all, all they're looking to do is sell tickets and, uh, and, and move numbers somehow. Like, yeah, yeah, you could sucker teams like that, even though the Knicks have nothing to trade and the Nets have nothing to trade. New York, <laughs> you know? New York narrative. New York teams have no, nothing, no business being involved in this. And you, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's funny though, based on the past history, they, they would be stupid to take this ticket. They're the only teams that would be stupid. And any legit team with a smart front office would be like, that, that's a lot of money for a young kid who's had way too many injuries. Way too many yeah. injuries, you know? But you just mentioned we're gonna have Santos on the show. He's actually lead writer at Bulls.com. Um, he's all like I said, he wrote the Jordan Rules back in the early '90s. He's also the uh, author of a new book called There Is No Next. Really excited about this guest. Hour two, we're gonna have on Ryan Neiman. He's actually the newest uh, host on this network, Happy Hour Network. Uh, I believe it's on Tuesday. He's, he's hosting his own show now uh, called Sports District, Radio, sports District Radio. Um, he'll be on the show, promoting the show. We'll talk about some sports with him, and of course, our guy Matt. Whitener, a.k.a. the Cheap Seats Weekly returns this week. It won't be weekly yet. It'll be, you know, it'll be probably monthly because we're not really into baseball yet, but we're going to bring him on. As you know, spring training was opened up last week. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of excited about baseball this year. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to be taking in some games up, up down here in South Florida. Uh, hopefully see the Mets and Portland Lucy's about an hour from my house uh, and try to hopefully see what we can, we can do with that. So we got a nice little show today. Um, and as we were discussing Derrick Rose, we are discussing the Bulls, you know, the same night, you know, it's funny. I told you, you know, screw, screw the hot five. This is a topic in itself that should happen. Their girl gets hurt also, too. But also Patrick Kane, the goalie for the Blackhawks, your favorite hockey team in the world, he gets hurt also, too. He's out six to ten weeks, I heard. Um, it's been a bad week in Chicago this week, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, and, and as you know, I, like the Chicago Bulls are the only professional sports team that's not a favorite of mine that's from Chicago. You know, because I, I love torturing myself with the Nets. But <laughs> I'm not the biggest hockey fan, but I've always been a Blackhawks fan. You know, I've been a huge fan of Jeremy Roenick, Chris Chelios, Eddie Bell for, for most of my life. And Patrick Kane, though, let me tell you, because I have a lot of Chicago people that are on my timeline. And when the Derrick Rose and Patrick Kane injuries both came down, let me tell you, there was a lot more concern for Patrick Kane. And I, I think the reason being, EJ, is because with Derrick Rose, we've seen this story before. And I kind of think the narrative is wearing thin on the Chicago fan base with Derrick Rose. A lot of people just frustrated with him. I mean, yeah, even when he was healthy, even when he was healthy, they were frustrated with Derrick Rose. You know, and Patrick Kane, though. Show. Yeah, you know, and Patrick Kane, on the other hand, him, Jonathan Tate, that, 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 him and Jonathan Tate are the core pieces for that revival of the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, that, 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 you know Patrick Kane pretty much won them the, 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 the first the first final they won, what was it, uh, three years ago, four years ago? You know, yeah, yeah. And, and he was a part of it two years ago. But Patrick Kane is just a guy. He kind of, he, he loves that city of Chicago, embraces it. You know, he's a fiery guy, and you know what it is about him? He's been their clutch guy. And you know how, you know how the American, American fan bases are when it comes to clutch and playoffs? Oh, God, here we nobody, go, here we go. Clutch, clutch, no, I'll say, I'll say, clutch. Nobody, no, nobody is more clutch in hockey than Patrick Kane. I will say this, I'm a fan, but yeah, I'm telling you, when it comes to clutch moments in the playoffs, you'll be very hard-pressed to find anybody more clutch than Patrick Kane. Oh, look, you, you will get no argument from me. I mean, I, I I'm not a regular hockey watcher. I I like hockey. I do try, I do follow it. It's hard to like that. I always tell you guys, it's it's hard to follow hockey when you have basketball working running perpendicular yeah. with the season. You have the NFL football season. It's still involved in that. Uh, you know, all, there's, there's so much going on hockey that's hard to follow it. I always said it's it it a little more adjusted a little more further you know, further into the year or something like that. But, but here's the point. Here's the point. 
in terms of Chicago sports, you know, it's been a depressing year. I mean, you're a Bears fan. You know all too well how, how bad that oh, has yeah. been. And then you're not even including the offseason. I mean, not even including the offseason. You know, you don't even know if Jay Cutler will be a quarterback next year. I mean, all signs point to it probably working out. But it's, it's a bad year. And yet these are the two teams here, the Bulls and the Blackhawks, who are two teams in that city, in that region, that have legitimate chances of winning titles this year. Yeah. I, am, I, am I right? The Hawks are still, still in it, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, the, the Bulls have been one of those teams that legit, you know, as long as Stephen was there, they're legit. Right. And geez, check it out also the Thibodeau thing, that's still things in Jeffrey now because we're, we're here I don't another, understand that. I don't want to I don't want to say what it is. I say what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. And you know, I and I get it, you know, but the both this has been this has been a quiet quite a kept story for a couple of years. This ain't new. This whole, if, if you follow the NBA like you and I do, this whole mm-hmm. thing about Thibodeau, this is not new news. We've heard whispers about, about, about Thibodeau maybe having issues with the front office for a couple of years. A lot of, there, was, there was some reports a couple of years ago that when Rose went down and they lost a couple of guys, and remember that year where they had Nate Robinson, they, had, they won that yeah. first time, yeah. it's a dribble the next. There were rumors that season that the Bulls won the tank that year to get a draft pick and rebuild again, and Thibodeau wouldn't have that. Good for him on that. Well, I agree. You know, but yeah. now it's the point now where he's a he's a grinder. He grinds his guys down to the ground, and now the people are wondering if is Thibodeau the reason Rose hasn't been as healthy as he should has as he should be in the last couple of seasons. He's getting some slack on that now. I, 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 you know what it is like? It, it's hard to say that. It's like because there, there's somebody else. There, there might be another player in the league who could take that grind. I mean, it's really about. Uh, about the genetics of Rose and, and how he could take stuff. I mean, I don't know. Like a, a lot of those injuries are self-inflicted on Derrick Rose. Like you know, it's stuff you can't you can't really um protect, so to speak. You right. gotta just go with it, and it happens to you. You know, so it's a lot of unfortunate uh, are gonna be tied in with Derrick Rose and his injuries. But after a while, like as you said, when the money's tied in and everything else, it becomes an issue. Typically, I'm a fan of. He's the kind of guy, and he proved it that year when Rose went down. You can give him anybody, and he'll make them pretty legit. I'm not saying they'll win a championship, but he, he builds some kind of team character, you know, and he makes you legit, you know. He's going to make you grind it out, and if you beat him, you're going to beat him by a score of, like, 87-84. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I still think, with, let's say, let's assume Rose didn't get hurt. I still thought this team, mm-hmm. if they got right matchups, they can still get into the conference finals, depending on the matchups. I mean, you see Cleveland, I'm going to in a second, we'll see Cleveland, see they're surging. Obviously, Atlanta's still doing playing, playing pretty well. Um, the, the East isn't that, isn't that strong. I mean, I know you're big on Toronto. I don't. I, I'm still kind of on the fence. I'm still on the fence of Toronto. To be honest with you, you know. That's the other thing. When it comes to the Bulls, sorry to cut you off. When it comes no, to no, the Bulls, no. the thing that the thing that had me, and, and that's what I wrote about. The thing that wasn't having me on the Bulls bandwagon was Derrick Rose. Like, I, I didn't understand how he's the second leading scorer on the team. Still takes more shots than Jimmy Butler. Right, what was it? And, and the last three games before that. He was shooting. Uh, he had like two, he had two eight point games, and and half of his points in those eight point games came from the free throw line. Like he's been shooting terribly, taking bad shots. And if you watch film, I forgot who said it um, uh, on the radio, but that, that they said they watched him with Derrick Rose, and and teams were letting him shoot open jumpers because they rather double team Jimmy Butler, you know. And not for nothing, and, and uh, the Bulls are only in this position. People don't want to say it. Because Kyle Gasol was one of the best fightings they made. Oh, yeah. 
with, with no one not being healthy this year, you got Paul Gasol leading the team in field goal percentage, rebounds, block shots. He's been all out, Paul Gasol. He was a great guy. I said it when you started. Outside of LeBron James going home to Cleveland, I thought Paul Gasol was the best signing of the summer, of last mm-hmm. summer. You know, I, I should just say Paul Pierce also, too, so I'm kind of hypocrite as well. Which is pretty good. Ew. Like, oh, they're, oh, they're, well, they're, they, they are struggling now. We'll see how that goes. Washington's <laughs> kind of on the, on, the, on, on the low end now. We'll get to that later in the show. But, yeah. uh, you know, speaking of guards, speaking of great guards who are doing good, well, I won't say speaking of guards who do, do this kind of thing, it's time to put Russell Westbrook in the MVP conversation. It, it's time. It's time. I, I, you know, it's funny that you get all this flack about, you know, who he is and what he does in his attitude. He is carrying this Thunder team. I'm, I'm actually going to write a piece about this this week for NGSCSports.com uh, about why I'm not saying he's going to win it nor he should win it, Although I will say this, if the Thunder somehow get in that top four, it is not implausible that this, this team can crack the top four in the Western Conference. They're only six and a half back or five and a half back of the, uh, of the four or three seed in the Western Conference. And a lot of those teams are ahead of them. There's still matches to be played against those said teams. You know, so it isn't improbable that the Thunder can find themselves not just being the most dangerous eight seed in, the, in, in NBA history. They can actually end up being a team with home court advantage in the first round if things play out that play out that way. And to be honest with you, Russell Westbrook has been the reason of that. Kevin Durant's great. We know he's great. To me, he's number two player in the NBA. Westbrook, I'll say it again, my favorite player in the league to watch, and I think he's still undervalued. I'm in 100% agreement with you. Um, pretty much, we've been talking about Russell Westbrook the last two, three weeks on this show. And I, I remember when, when, when I asked you when Rosalind, when Rosalind Ross was on, I was like, if, if you had to make a decision, of course we know Russell, Russell Westbrook and uh, Kevin Durant actually do get along. Uh, aside from what people think, they do get yeah. along and they enjoy playing with each other on the same team. You know, but if you had to make a decision of choosing one or the other, you know, and I said it, I don't hesitate. I pick Russell Westbrook 10 out of 10 times. You know, I, I understand the fanfare for Durant. You know, I understand the fanfare for even um, – the kid from Golden State, um, Stephen Curry. Boy. Yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, I'm not a fan of him either. You know, but in fact, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> Russell Westbrook plays both sides of the ball like an all star. You know, he's a defender. And, you know, he's a clutch scorer. And not for nothing, what people see the team that I get to, he's a leader on the floor. You know, yes, he he's is. a leader. He's a leader on the bench. You see him. He doesn't calm down. You know, he's consistent. He's getting in his players' faces. He's patting him on the ass when he do something good. Like, I, I'm all in on Russell Westbrook. I'm with you on that. I think I'm breaking news real quick. The Arizona Cardinals have cut Darnell Dockett. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say a lot of cuts going on. Steven Jackson oh, got yeah. let go last night. Yes, he did. Um, yep. Yeah, Steven Jackson. And uh, Daniel Williams is about to get cut, right? Or there was uh, Williams, it was, it was rumors that he got cut. Agent says no. I, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of reports yeah, there. Yeah, a lot of weirdness going yet. on there. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see because you know what's funny about NFL free agency. I know we're not mm-hmm. talking about it right now, but okay. it's like it's funny because it's always a a huge off season topic, and it usually means nothing during the regular season. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously, it's, oh, like, uh, so- I, the only signing that made that made any difference to any team. Was Darrell Revis to the Patriots? In my opinion, oh, of course. that was the only yeah. signing that made any. Look, look, look at everything Denver did. It didn't help them at all. It made them worse. If anything, they became worse than they were last year. And I'll, and I'll say this we're going to break. You know, I'd rather talk about this than the NFL Combine. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm sorry. All right, let me come back. The Hot Five next. 
Thursday Radio Show presented by Happy Hour Network as well, NGSSports.com. DMX, his third album, and then it was X. Classic. Classic. And, and after that third album, that was it for DMX. That was yeah. the way for Cisco. Let's, let's not forget Cisco. He's taking a hook on that song. Nobody cares about Cisco. What was his group? Wow. Uh, Drew Hill. Group. Drew yeah, Hill? Drew Hill. No, yeah, they're done too. Drew Hill, Cisco. DMX they're, always they're, talks I, about I, making a comeback, touring. but. They're still touring, huh? actually. They're still touring. Yeah, but you know, I, were, I'm, saying, I'm saying irrelevancy of terms of today's music. They're done. Everybody's touring. I mean, you mean like they have freestyle tours. You know, Judy Torres is still on tour. I mean, that, you could tour. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, by the way, I won't ask you about your girl today. How's your girl doing? No, I'm kidding. All right, that's good. Let's go. Hot five. Okay, let's get into hot five topics. Number... Smooth. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I'll go right into number. We'll go, I'm going to go one through five. I'll do it right today. Hot topic number one. 
Um, Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo. Highly unlikely to stay with the Mavs beyond this season. Do you agree with that, EJ? Well, I, I got to tell you, they, they haven't gotten much better with, with him. I mean, we noticed the, the, the analytics. And look, I'm not an analyst guy necessarily. You know, I, I don't. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase that. I like analytics. I think it's good for the league. It's a specific game. Information is good, but it's not the be all end all. The Mavericks, though, have not got better with Rajon Rondo. They're not the team I thought they would be when they got Rajon Rondo. You know, uh, they were actually on an NBA record pace for offensive efficiency prior to Rajon Rondo. You know, mm-hmm. he, so Rajon Rondo doing the same thing that, that, that he did in Boston in terms of holding the ball. He's not a good shooter, and he doesn't necessarily run the offense, you know, the way that Dallas should. Look, Dallas still a threat in the West. I, I just not have, I'm not as big on Dallas as I once was in December before a trade and when a trade happened originally. So, uh, it's a bad move, good move, go for it. And look, there's time to fix the marriage. you still got the rest of the season to play. you have the playoffs, so they're on a playoff team. You know, things can change between now and then. But, I, I mean, him getting the spice of Carlisle, who's a top five coach in the league, not a good look for Rondo, period. And I, I think Rondo's better off not being on the match half the season anyway. I mean, let's be honest. Like, what, what do the match have? Um, besides Rondo to really like go forward, uh, if you're Rondo, like, and any the rumors are he has his eyes going to LA anyway. You know, he, he's one of the few guys in the league that are cool with Kobe Bryant. You know, so I, I, I think same with Dallas would be a bad move for Rondo. So uh, for him, good for him. I don't care. Good for him. Like, no, I mean, the Dallas, they're kind of like San Antonio ish in terms of veteran guys, like young guys around that. They, they got some good pieces. Monte Ellis, you know, Tyson Chandler, Dirk's still pretty good. I mean, they got, they got pieces. They're not winning anything. They're, 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 they're lucky if they make it to the second round. Remember I said that. They're lucky wow. if they make it to the second wow. round. Wow. Really? Out, of the, okay. out of the West? Out of the West? I mean, every matchup, you could go seven games in the West. I mean, seriously. So it's like, I'd be surprised if they get to the second round. Anyway, hot topic number two, alleged Des Bryant video. My boy, Des Bryant. Alleged Des Bryant video has been confirmed by ESPN's Adam Scheffler. I mean, you put Adam Sandler on this, by the way, on this email. Did I really put Adam Sandler on that? <laughs> wow. You know why? Confirmed by ESPN's Adam Sandler and other media outlets. Oh, how bad for Dez. How bad, how bad is this for Dez right now? Especially with Tom Brady walking the franchise tag around. Because, I mean, uh, it's real bad in the sense because well, we are as a league now. I mean, anything bad, anything that... Anything that has domestic violence attached to it, with a video especially, is not a good thing. I mean, let's face it, it's not a good thing. That being said, I feel bad for Dennis because not because look, if he did what he did, obviously it's bad. But this is clearly an extortion case because uh-huh. unlike the Ray Rice thing, which he knew about pretty much right after it happened, let's talk about something that happened three years ago. You know. And it's exactly. kind of obvious that Dez is a new man now. You can see on the field, you can see off the field, is a little bit more mature. Obviously, with the Cowboys, there's still, there's still, you know, a pause, cost of pause in terms of, like, you know, a long-term commitment in terms of the money, whatever, which I get, and, and it's deserved. But at the same time, it's, it's, I would be very careful. I mean, because, you know, look, we hear about the video, but why don't we see a video? We've heard rumors about this stuff for the last couple weeks, couple weeks now. Why is there a video? But what I will say is, though, like, I've been hearing stuff, reading stuff, that there's a lot that's been going on with Des Bryant off the field that isn't reported. Because Jerry Jones has that city uh, in a vice. 
Like they, they, they say there's actually a lot of off-field things, which is why Dallas is kind of hesitant. But right. I will say this. This is actually going to put the NFL in a weird spot, too, because this point obviously is getting extorted to some degree. So, I mean, how, 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 does, how does Roger Goodell go about punishing Des Bryant, who obviously is being extorted? You know, it's going to be a weird it, – it's funny. It's that Roger Goodell's job just doesn't get easier. <laughs> it gets just more difficult and more difficult. This one's going to be a tough one to judge. And, of course, I'm in Des Bryant's corner until I see him beating up a girl. I mean, that's yeah, funny. Until I see the yeah. video, I'm in Des Bryant. I've always been a Des Bryant guy. But right. anyway, hot topic number three, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers defeated Golden State last night in a possible NBA Finals preview. Should the Cavs be considered the odds-on favorite to win the title, EJ? You know, it's funny. I can say no, but the thing is, though, the more we're seeing now, the sample size is growing for this team. They're, they're, look, those moves they made, I, I told you, those moves they made, Mozgov, J.R. Smith, you know, among Trumpers. Yeah, there are moves that are going to change, that are, are going to turn the meter. But there are moves that will give the Cavs security, especially in the playoffs. It's, at this, if you ask me right now who's the favorite in the East, it's hard class not to pick against, to pick against the, uh, the Cavaliers. It really isn't because, I mean, you got that guy there. That guy's still there, LeBron James. And he's still playing at a, at a high level. He's, he's, in my opinion, the MVP candidate also proved himself. It's hard to pick against them. Atlanta's kind of sort of come to earth a little bit. They're still playing pretty good, but it's come to earth a little bit. I don't know, man. I, it's hard pressing at the cash right now. If you had to ask me right, right now in a, in a small window, who I look right now, Sam Call, who I, gun to my head, who would think the favorite in the East right now? Sam Lewis, boom. In the rest of the league, uh, let's wait and see how these teams look in the West once things play out. I mean, for me, I gotta say, like, I, I, I never had faith in Golden State making it um, out of the West. And it's funny because Shumpert just kind of like his defense on Thompson or Curry was just ridiculous. It didn't even matter, you know. And just, I mean, and it's funny because Shumpert and J.R. Smith's combined shooting was once eight, but it was defensively what they did. If, if you look at J.R. Smith's plus minus, he was on the, the, the casual plus 12 with J.R. Smith on the floor. You know, he was not a detriment to his team as he was in New York. You know, but the, the Cleveland team, they're, they're gelling. They're getting better. Like, all their chemistry is getting better as the season goes along. But every LeBron James team has always had a problem, and you pointed this out, against teams that just play great team ball and play fundamentals well, and that's Atlanta, which will probably be the hurdle they ultimately will have to come out of to come out of the East. So I say, you know, I still got to see more from them. Um, okay. Hot topic number four. Uh, you see what I did? I kind of made, I kind of made like your, like your stat in this argument, so you couldn't really argue against it. That's what I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I kind of took for your stat, so you can argue with it. Hot whatever. Reports <laughs> come out: the Broncos want Peyton May take a pay cut to build a roster. Should he, EJ? Yep. Yep. It's just simple. If Peyton values Super Bowl the way Tom Brady values Super Bowl, and what Tom Brady's done through the years is restructure his deal to make his team better. Why why is what is why why is even there a thought about taking a pay cut? Is nineteen million only that much I mean, what's important to you, Peyton? Is it the money or is it the titles? Because the only way you're gonna be able to win win titles is look, the model is there. You can't even as a quarterback, you cannot clog your salary cap and expect to win titles, have teams ready teams your team be ready to win titles in the postseason. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked for a long time. It won't work. Why are the Patriots who they are? Because they know how to structure properly. You can't pay one guy 
north of north of twenty million dollars and expect to be a, a team of depth coming into the, into the postseason. It doesn't work that way. So Peyton Manning, if you want a title, you want you want to be Matt Rare era with Tom Brady. Because by the way, there is no discussion about Brady Manning anymore. There is no discussion. Okay, none. So much. So, I've always said that. I've always <laughs> said Brady over Manning. Um, that's simple. I, I, so, yeah. I say I say if I'm Peyton Manning. I look around, I just see the team hire Gary Kubiak. No way in hell are we winning a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter how much money you take out of my check. So I am not I am not going to cut my paycheck out. My ego is still stronger than my body. My ego is telling me I can still, I can still run an offense that scores 35, 40 points a game. And, and, and we've made a lot of offseason acquisitions last year on the defensive side of the ball. Get yourself together on the defensive side of the ball. I'll handle my business. If I'm Peyton Manning, I say hell no because I'm Peyton Manning and I deserve this money. And you guys hired, hired Gary Kubiak. Hot topic number five. Logically, you're correct. But at the same time, if you really want titles, if you say you do, you know what to do. He, he, he's a smart guy. He knows he's not winning a title in that one. He knows it. <laughs> he's not winning anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Last one. You're, you're five. Uh, Rangers outfielder Josh Hamilton relapsed in the offseason. What kind of punishment should be handed down, EJ? So bad. I, and I, I got the argument about, about this on Facebook yesterday about like you know, comparing him and Josh Gordon because the guys have had issues off, off the field. Mostly on the field and the narrative in the media. Um, I mean, it's, it's he's been contrite and been honest. He's the one that came out and said, you know, he did what he did. You know, I mean, I I don't think this should be hefty. I, I don't think this should be a hefty suspension, honestly. I think they should because he was very um, upfront about it. Eh, 15, 20 games. That's it. Oh, I, I mean, uh, Michael K on the radio. Idle time is the worst thing for an addict, and we suspend them. That's more idle time. That's more depression. I don't know. There's no winning with an addict like Josh Gordon. Exactly. There, there's no. There's no winning. So if you suspend them, he, he might just relapse again. I mean, I don't know. But you have to take some kind of responsibility. I mean, you, you can't stop. You can't stop your code of ethics if you're Major League Baseball just for one guy. It's sad, but it's the truth. And I have a feeling he's gonna relapse again. You know, I, I, you you have to suspend them, whatever it is, 25, 30 games, 40, whatever it is. And and, and Godspeed and Josh Hamilton is who knows what's going to happen to him, man, 40 games of special. Yeah, I, I, I feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I got to discuss about it because when people were saying, oh, when Josh Gordon got suspended, oh, idiot, dummy. You know, and when Josh Hamilton, oh, we need prayers and, and my thoughts with you. Look, it's not fair. I mean, and, 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 and every addict just has it's tough. It's an addiction. I mean, it, 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 if you don't have an addictive personality, then you don't understand it. That's pretty much how it goes. Exactly. All right, we come back. The great Sam Smith, author of the Jordan Rules, also Bulls.com writer on the show. Come up next. We come back. <laughs>
Figure Radio Show. Back here with G Stelio, the heartthrob. GWFEWIO on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, of course, at EJ Christian number seven. Cannot wait. Um, first guest of the day. I'm really, really excited about this. I'm actually a big fan of his. He is the uh, has a new book here called. Uh, well, actually, he's the author of the Jordan Rules. One might I'm actually reading right now for the third time. He has a new book called There Is No Next. Another uh, book about Michael Jordan, as well as lead writer at Bulls.com. I'm talking to Sam Smith, the great one. Sam, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for that very nice introduction. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, before we get to some of the news, obviously, surrounding the Bulls, it's been a crazy week in Chicago. Um, tell us about your new book, There Is No Next. Um, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of geared, I hope, to you know, kind of your audience. Um, you know, there's yep. been a lot of debate in recent years, you know, next Jordan, actually, for the last 15 years, or 20, back to Grant Hill, and Michael first retired, and LeBron, and Duran, or whatever, and you know, there may be a player that comes along that, you know, you can make a case is better than Jordan. But, um, you know, the point sort of is this is really a historic figure in American history. And, you know, this is way beyond basketball. Um, with, uh, you know, so many things uh, uh, in the culture that was affected from style, you know, with shoes, you know, to, uh, you know, to shorts, the, the way right. the players dress, earrings, bald head. Um, you know, to a, a a young black man who everybody wants to be like, be like Mike, you know, and in, in our country and with all the issues we've had, you know, racially and culturally, you know, here's a, here's a, a young black athlete who's been embraced by everybody and has an influence on so many people. And that's, so what I did is, uh, you're kind of an oral history, kind of a narrative talking about the Bulls, uh, run up, uh, the history, kind of the history of the uh, basketball and the NBA in Chicago. And a lot, a lot of the run-up in the 80s is that, the, you know, you'd heard of Michael Jordan and know about everything, mm-hmm. the Bulls championships. But, you know, kind of, uh, I remember last year there was uh, a lot of talk about Kevin Durant. He's got this streak of 25-point games. And, right. you know, every night on the Sports Center, it was like, oh, he's got 15. He's, and I was, sit, I was sitting and thinking, I said, you know, Jordan scored like 38 every night, you know, for for <laughs> 10 years. And so... Um, and then what I did is a kind of an oral history. I talked to uh, Jordan's peers of the era, Magic, you know, guys I'd gotten to know well, so I could sit down and have long interviews with the Magic and Bird and Dominique and Isaiah and Joe Dumars and Carl Malone, and just to talk about the influence he had even on them. Greg Popovich, even you know President Obama, a good friend of mine, was uh, uh, one of his chief advisors, so I, I was able to get an interview with the president too. And right. you know, awesome. he had spent a lot of time in Chicago, and we know he's a great basketball fan. So just how all these great figures in our history of basketball, uh, Bill Walton, Rick Barry, Hall of Famers, uh, have just been influenced by this guy. And so I, I think it's a you know it's a great kind of fun mixture of, of interviews and you know history. You know, it's funny, like you know, a lot of guys have read about Jordan through the years. Many people, many me members. But it seems like, like when I hear it from you and I hear your thoughts on Michael Jordan, I'm always at attention. What makes him to you so fascinating, though? Well, I, I was, you know, a lot, a lot of things that happen in life. You know, I say, well, this guy's smart or this guy this, and and it's more, it's a lot more important to be lucky. And I happen right. to just uh, be able to show up at the right time. Uh, I was in Chicago. I started with the Chicago Tribune in 1979. Mm-hmm. And I was a political writer then, actually. 
and I switched over. I switched over to sports in '82, and I happened to get on the basketball beat in '84 uh, when, when Jordan started. So his first week in Chicago, I, I spent time with him, and uh, he was living in a little townhouse, and you know, basically saw virtually virtually all his games. I was at uh, you know I was at his games in Washington when he was retiring, and uh, you know, it's, it's all I, I joke around. I saw his three first games in '93. When he came back in '95, and then when he came back in 2001 with Washington, and I was at all his last games in '93 uh, um, when he left the Bulls, '98 when he left the Bulls again, in 2003 when he left um, the Wizards, and only me and George Kohler, his driver, were the only ones at all six of those games. So I, I, I was fortunate, you know, to see Michael when he was young, through his growth, through going through. Um, the difficulties of getting past the Pistons and how frustrating that was, but how it built a character even more and, and uh, toughness. And, uh, you know, then the superstardom, leaving basketball, coming back, you know, becoming an icon. And really realizing all that while, it, you, know, you know, this is, this is really just a, a, a decent guy with a special ability, a very likable person. But I also got to know him as a person, as, as as much as uh, you know, a star. Well, we're going to talk about Sam Smith Bulls dot com right here, Earthquake Radio Show. Follow on Twitter, get chance guys at Sam Smith Hoops. Uh, G, any questions? Yeah, Sam. With, with all that being said, um, would you say that Russell Westbrook is the next Michael Jordan? Then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the only the only guys. The only guys I have on my on my on my uh, Mount Rushmore with Jordan so far are Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali. Gotcha. So maybe there's yeah. one, more, one more space up there. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I do think I do think in two and 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 this is a long way away, but I think in 2017 uh, Russell Westbrook is going to be a New York Nick. Oh. That's my that's my future prediction. I think Russell is, is the number Russell's the number one guy in the NBA about fashion. And the fashion industry is New York, New York more than anywhere else. And I think he'll, he won't say it, but I think Russell, you know, deep in his heart, wants to be in New York, wants to be in that spotlight, wants to be around the fashion industry. So when he becomes a free agent, which is not till 2017, uh, soon he's healthy. I think he's going to try to get to New York. That you can just save that till then. See if I was right. We're going to save the soundbite. We're going to save the soundbite well, 2017. We'll I love that you mentioned the uh, fashion. Angle, because now, now when he said, I was like New York, and then he's doing fashion. I'm like, whoa, like, Sam's onto something here a little bit. <laughs> and remember that, that 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 was a big reason why Amari Stoudemire went to New York. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, if you, if you, if I mean, Russell's terrific, and, he, and he's an MVP candidate. He's having his best season in my mind because this is he's really involved with his team. And he still shoots a lot, obviously. Last night, I think it was he had 38 shots or something. Yeah. But he, he's really, he's, this is the first time in his career, NBA career, that he's actually aware other guys are on the court. Um, and so he's making progress. But NBA guys, you know, and Matt, Michael started that too. I mean, Michael was the guy who started dressing up the first time, you know, and, and, and picking new styles and new fashions and, you know, not, not looking like, you know, some, just coming out of some practice uh, to why uh, leaving, you know, that, you know, you were a professional and look like it. And so more than any other player, and a lot of them have adopted fashion, but more than any other player, I think Russell relates to the changes in the, in, in the fashion industry. And he's aware of that. 
when it came to New York, it was Fashion Week for All-Star Weekend, and, and he did more appearances, I think, than anybody involved with fashion. So you can see that's probably his prime hobby. And uh, he really loves it and he embraces it with the way he dresses, the way he looks. And, you know, if you're going to be involved in that industry, New York's the place to be. Once again, Sam Smith with us right here, Bulls.com, right here on Earthquake Radio Show. Uh, Bulls fans, we blow side relief a little while ago. We get the news, Derrick Rose only out four to six weeks. Can, do you see him making a, a strong impact upon his return once the playoffs start? I do, actually. Um, you know, the narrative is going to be, well, you know, he didn't come back before. You know, he, he'll, he'll pick his time. He won't come back again. Those are very different circumstances. The first time was ACL. And you, I think you've seen everybody who's tried to come back early from ACL has been a failure. You know, Armand Schumpert, uh was never has never been the same player. Uh, you see it with Rondo. And he didn't come back early. He took a year off. Right. Uh, Gallinari, more than a year off. And so Derek dealt, dealt with that appropriately. I think he was um, tarnished in the media unfairly and inaccurately. Then the surgery he had last year uh, for the meniscus is, was the long-term one. It was the exact same thing that Russell Westbrook did when he had the same injury. And uh, Russell took off like seven months. And so, you know, from November when Derek had it, mm-hmm. that's a, uh, you know, that's a, a seven-month seven uh, rehab. And so he went through that. And that takes you out the rest of the season. They had told them then that there was a 30% chance in the first two years that this could happen again. And if it did, you know, it would be this surgery where you, you cut, uh, you know, you cut it to repair it and uh, it would be a much shorter return. And then that, Westbrook had that and he came back in seven weeks. And I think that's the target for Derek. Uh, so I think, you know, more than anything, I don't think you, you can come back and play 35 minutes a game, nor would you want him to. But I think it's the psychological and, you know, psychic, emotional impact of having your best player coming back right before the playoffs and at least being on the court. So, you know, you'd be adding a high-level player. It's not, not to do MVP-level things, right. but, you know, another player that, that, that can help your team, uh, and you've got a pretty deep team. I mean, the Bulls had two All-Stars this year, and neither one was named Derrick Rose. Good problem to have, though. Let's say right now. Good problem to have. Um, me and EJ were discussing before you came on about Tom Thibodeau and how he's been riffing with the uh, Chicago Bulls management. Do, do, do you think Tom Thibodeau's style of play, that grinding style of play, and do, 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 do you think that's affected Derrick Rose and worn him down more, or do you think it's, that's just nonsense? Um, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's particularly affected Derrick. I think it's affected the team a little bit. I'm not a... I'm not a big fan of that style of play. Um, I, you know, in this NBA, you know, uh, things have changed. This is a different NBA. Nobody plays inside out, or very few do. Uh, point guards are dominant. Uh, you know, low to three-point shooting. You know, open the court. You, you see the teams having the most success, at least in the regular season. We'll see when the playoff comes. Golden State, Atlanta. You know, play fast, play wide open. Uh, a lot of shooting. You know, and Thibodeau is a uh, old school, if you will, you know, uh, uh, we're going to slow it down. We're going to walk it up. We're going to play slow so we can get back on the defense. It's, it's sort of that Jeff Van Gundy style, which is was brutal in Houston. You know, it got to New York to the finals once in a aberration season because of the lockout, which they were basically <laughs> only four games over 500 in the regular season. They were eighth seed, so it was, it was no great, you know, it was no great season, even though they lucked, sort of lucked their way into the finals. 
Um, and so that style of play it, it was okay with the Bulls previously because they had more defensive players and not many offensive players. Now they got a lot of offensive players. They got Powell yeah. Gasol, yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler, Tony Snell, uh, Nico Meritich. You know, this is the most three-point shooting they've had on the floor on the roster in the history of the franchise. So you've got to use it. Um, but Thibodeau is, you know, he's still sort of stuck on his style of, you know, let's walk it up. You know, let's be in position for, you know, get back on defense. You know, let's slow it down. Uh, limited movement on offense. And so I think that, I think that style has to, uh, and, and that's why the Bulls have been up and down this season. That's because of Derek. It's because of, uh, of uh, Thibodeau and the team trying to adjust to each other. And, and Tom is trying to adjust to that. It's just, you know, he's had a lot of success playing this way, slow and defensive oriented. And he doesn't have that that roster anymore to play that way. And so, you know, he, he, you know, to his credit, he has been trying to speed things up at times, but, uh, he fought, they fall into old habits sometimes. So I think it's more yeah. that. Makes sense. And, um, you know, their, their thing is, look, their luck, you know, the, the Grand Hills, mm-hmm. Penny Hardaway, Bill Walton, some guys are just unlucky. Some guys get hurt. And then all Derek's injuries, you know, uh, uh were at, at a, you know, just bad luck. He went up in the air, uh, you know, to make a pass in 2012. He, he he turned around to go back on defense in 2013. I, you know, stuff happens and just like I said before, you know, you, you it's it's better to be lucky sometimes, uh, you know, than smart. Last question. Let's go, Sam. Um, we hear a lot of reports, like little reports here about infighting between Thibodeau and the, and the front office. Do you see Thibodeau back on the Bulls sidelines next season? I think a lot depends on the playoffs primarily. And I thought, I, I thought it would from the beginning of the season, you know, look, this is the fifth year and, and that's a long run for any coach. Uh, none of the Van Gundy's, you know, uh, uh, Stan left after five years in Orlando, you know, Jeff had six years in New York and then four in, uh, Houston, uh, Lawrence Frank, Mike Fratello, you know, a lot of these coaches who play that sort of style, um, you know, and have not been former NBA players, you know, there's a shelf life on, on them. And, you know, you don't find many players, you know, many coaches uh, without success uh, having a, that long a run beyond five years. I think th- I think it's the same situation for Scott Brooks now mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City, uh, Randy Whitman in um, Washington, Monty Williams in New Orleans. If they have any of those, if they have successful playoff runs, and the same with Tom, they'll be back. And if he don't, doesn't, you know, there's a possibility of change. And I think with the Bulls as much as anywhere, because, you know, they're going to have to make some decisions going forward, you know, how much to rely on Derek, you know, how to shape the team, but it could be personnel moves too. But the playoffs tells you that the playoffs tells you how good you are, where you are and what you need to do. And so, you know, given this was Tom's fifth year and the team had been out of the playoffs in the first round a couple of times, you know, I, I thought uh, his future and, and the future of other, uh, you know, personnel, other players would be determined by the playoffs. And I, and I think that's still going to be the case. Once again, you can follow Sam on Twitter at Sam Smith Hoops. Get his new book. There is no next in stores now. And especially if you haven't read it, read the drawing rules. I'm reading for the third time. <laughs> Love that. That's the, probably the best book you can find uh, read on Michael Jordan I've ever read. So Sam, thanks for coming to the show, man. I really do appreciate it, man. Truly an honor. Well, thank you, guys. I enjoyed doing it, and uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime.
Absolutely. Later, Take care. Sam. Have a good weekend, all right? You too. All righty. That's the great Sam Smith right here. Earnestly Speaking Radio Show. Quick break. Hey, great job, G, by the way. Great job on the interview. Great job. Well, you know. You know. <laughs> I, know. I, I was actually I know. kind of nervous. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of his work. I, I, I followed this guy for 20 years. I mean, this is a guy I really follow. One of the, one of the biggest writers in, 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 in the country. So, really, I mean, you're, 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 the you're, on the ra- you're on the radio with me every week, and I'm one of your heroes, too. So you should be used to it. You know what? We'll hug it out when I see you in May. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, when we come back, um, what's the next talk about? Oh, yeah. We're talking AP. What a week of AP this week. He's really staying in the NFL, but his future Minnesota is very doubtful. We'll discuss that next. Earthly Radio Show. NJSports.com. Happy Hour Network. Chuck's on with Saint Laurent, gotta kiss myself, so pretty, too pretty. Too hot, call the police and the fireman, I'm too hot. Make a dragon wanna retire, man, I'm too hot. Say my name, you know who I am, I'm too hot. And my band bought that money, break it down. Girl, sent you hallelujah, girl, sent you hallelujah. Well, think about like uh, more than the time, friends. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, well, I actually did the album review on my website for this. I, I said, for those familiar with Morris Day and the Time, Jungle Love, it's, it's so familiar. Everything about it. You know, I said that in my album review, so. Touche, DJ, touche. <laughs> it's funny because, like, normally I get pissed off when, when the artist does this. Like, like blatantly copy other songs. But yet, I thought they did a pretty good job in this song. Oh, yeah, they did. And the whole album was kind of, like, supposed to be like that, like a tribute to that funk, you know? So a lot of songs on that album kind of sounded like other songs, you know? It was weird. It was a weird kind of cover. It was kind of like karaoke night. That's what I call it. <laughs> karaoke night? Are you serious? Yeah, that's what it's like. It's not like karaoke night, like this album, pretty much. Anyway, back on Earthquake Radio Show. Back here with this man, G. Steve Yo. Baby! Yo, I, 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 I gotta tell you something before we go into AP, right? Okay. I gotta tell you something, and I, I, I only have you to blame, and I say this, to, I say this tongue in cheek. Oh, you blame me? Of course, me to blame or something? I'm, I'm always no, but, no, but I, I say it tongue in cheek though because cause the dude is hilarious. I have you to blame for for linking me up with, with, with Raining Freshly because this dude is just insane, and we talk to each other almost every day now on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, dude! I, I think I'm gonna talk all the time. And, and, and let me say, and he's a great dude because all my stuff he retweets it. Like he's just a great dude. Like you know, well, like, me and him are trying to set up something for next week, or you know, we'll, we'll be talking about stuff that probably isn't sports related next week. You know, because it's raining freshly. But dude, he is out of his mind. He has a great podcast too. I, I, I you, you know me. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I actually download and listen to his. Yeah, I told you get the iTunes store. Uh, subscribe to it. He's, he's easy to follow once a week. He's really, really. I mean, if you're into that kind of oh, wow. comedy, like, like really, but, you know. But I'm really curious to see what his producer Cindy looks like because he kind of hyped her oh, up to be too. something, man. I've got to see what he looks like. I actually asked him to send me a picture if you get a chance. Oh, like, you got them two like in a room. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, uh, our, our boss here at the Hype Out Network, Ted Hicks, has said uh, that this song makes him think about Rocky 304, made, hashtag Made in America. <laughs> True. So it's been a great, been a wacky week, not only for the Chicago sports fans, but for one Adrian Peterson. He was reinstated by the U.S. District Attorney uh, this week. He's back in the NFL. He's able to re- re- uh, continue his career. But there was some, there was some fighting between him and his, his agents and the Minnesota Vikings last week during the combine. There was a uh, basically saying that. AP will no longer be playing for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, you know me. I've been predicting since October that I think Adrian Peterson ends up somehow a Dallas Cowboy. I know how great DeMarco Murray was last year, but if you've seen the way the story has gone and you see how the Cowboys lowballed Murray on purpose, probably, so they can go out for another deal, I think we're on track for AP Dallas Cowboy uh, marriage very soon. I, I, I'm predicting by the draft that it's going to happen. Um, but what a week for AP. Um, a lot of people said, like, some people say, oh, well, he's 30 years old, and, he, you know, maybe the Cowboys should stick to Murray's younger. Look, the whole 30-year-old narrative about running backs, it, it, it is true. You don't want to invest in running backs beyond 29, 30 years old. But that doesn't apply to two people. That doesn't apply to Adrian Peterson. That doesn't apply to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> so, um, yeah. AP is, <laughs> I, agree. I think AP of Dallas is, is almost obvious. I, I, I just think now with this latest news, a string of news here, I, I think the Cowboys find a way to get him. I really do. Yeah, I mean, and I'm—I won't lie. I got kind of confused with the AJ Peterson thing because it said he was—he was good to go, and then it said he wasn't good to go. I—I I got kind of confused reading Twitter yesterday. I don't know what—I don't know what his status is with the NFL anymore. I have no idea. 
but eventually he will be able to play again. And oh, as, a Bears fan, as, as a Bears fan, I will say, please, finally, get out of Minnesota. I was tired of playing this guy twice a year. You know, <laughs> there's no way to stop this guy. He hurt you bad, bad, buddy. What happened? Did he hurt you that bad, buddy? Oh, he's a beast. You know, I mean, obviously, obviously, I've been hurt more by, like, Barry Sanders and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers as a Bears fan. But, but Adrian Peterson definitely, you know, he has a special place. But I'm with you, you know, Dallas is a place that makes sense because it, not for nothing, people people keep on forgetting the fact that their backup running back, who obviously his name slips my mind right now, the guy who stole underwear and got caught out there, their backup running back is really not the Matt, you know. Matt something, 44. His name, yeah, Matt something, 44. I actually totally forgot his name right now, but he's not bad. He'll come to me. He'll come to me eventually. He's not a bad running back. He, call averaged me five yards he, he, averaged, he averaged five yards a carry this year. You know, and, and not for nothing, like I always said, I love the trenches. Uh, so, Marco Murray had a great year because, one, he finally stood healthy, and, two, he was behind arguably the best offensive line in football. And you can put AP behind that offensive line, and you'll get oh. AP at a cheaper price, too. Uh, I'm all in if I'm that well, AP. Well, here's the thing with AP. Here's, here's, here's the here's the only problem with the, with him going to Dallas. All right, <clears throat> he's getting paid thirteen million dollars a year. Dallas has really really bad cap problems. Like their 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 cap issues are are bad. So AP would probably need restructure number one, which I think he would do. Um, no, I, I, and and honestly, I think Romo would restructure too. Yeah, remember how you brought up before about Peyton Manning? I, yep. I think I I think Romo was more likely to restructure and try to win a championship. Uh, definitely. I, I I don't see a scenario where they go to Romo and he goes, no, no way. Romo's trying to win a championship. He, he wants to shut everybody up so bad. You know? and, and, last, and, and last year, they, I he had another great I thought he did. I thought he did yeah. last year. I think, I think he made, it made a, a big step forward in that. He won a playoff game. He was kind of the reason they won a playoff game. Remember, last drive of the game, made it happen. And, and and let me tell you, like, and that was a catch at the end. I don't care what anybody says. That okay, was we'll, a catch. I mean, uh, I mean, we'll get to that later on. I, mean, <laughs> I guess we won't get into that. But that oh, well, no, 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 no. I agree with you. By the level of all, it wasn't a catch, but it should have been a catch. <laughs> How's that sound? That's, that, that sounds politically correct. It's not like you could work That's the NFL that answer. In other words, <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is the NFL should change that rule. It's a dumb yeah. rule. You know, it should be a gap, but by the letter of the law, it's not a gap. It's a lot of stupid rules. Yeah, dumb rules. Run it though. Get, get it together, run it though. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about getting Matt Weiner on the show in 30 minutes. I'm really excited. I've been, by yeah, the way, I have to Matt in a while, man. Man, it, it, we, we, miss, we miss Matt on these streets. We miss Matt on these streets, and baseball's yeah. back. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyway. But, but, let me tell you, I, I already miss Greg Smith in talking about college football. <laughs> But he's doing big things in, uh, on the ESPN. He's doing big things. Well, I don't know how to schedule works with him. I got to figure out a way to get him on the show because every time I come on the show, he wants to come on. But the thing is, though, he's either on air at around time on air, or he's doing something at the studio. So he's busy. Okay. You know, he works full time with ESPN, the uh, Lincoln now. So it's gonna be kind of hard. But uh, I'll try to get him. I'm, I'm trying to get him on the show as soon as I can. I mean, I mean, and. Not for nothing. I mean, he's not just a college football guy now. I mean, he's doing everything now. I mean, James. Uh, he is. It's just that, like, uh, uh, usually we brought him on. We made him force feed us college football though, because he was, you know, never mind it. Never mind Because he's yeah, good. He is, he is Greg Smith, you know. He's really good. I mean, he's really, really good. Um. All right. 
Let's take a break. Hour two on the way. When we come back, we're going to have the, the newest member of the Happy Hour Network, Ryan Neiman, on the show. We're going to talk uh, about his new show, Sports Talk Radio, every Tuesday on this network, as well as uh, sports topics. We'll throw some stuff at the wall. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back. It's a radio show. Hour two on the way next. Christian, once again, Ernest Big Radio Show presented by the Happy Hour Network as well as NGSC Sports.com because we never stop. Back here at G Steelio, 
the man. Follow him on Twitter at G-W-S-C-W-L-I-L-G. How was your show this week? You went solo. Yeah, went solo this week. I don't even know what I talked about. Uh, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. You played... You played the new Big Sean record a little bit on there. Oh, I love that. Album. By the way, I've never heard about Big Sean, and I'm impressed. I'm really impressed with Big Sean. Number one, that that album is legit, man. Like I, I, I got so many people listening to it, like on Twitter and everything, because I just can't shut up about it. I can't stop listening to that Big Sean album. Such a good release, especially from hip hop. It probably get a solid release. He did it. I don't know why I talked. I know I trashed the Nick, which I usually do on my show. I like trash from Phil Jackson. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. As a Heat fan, nothing wrong with that at all. No problem there. I, I don't Alrighty. know what I really spoke about besides Big Sean and the Knicks, but I went on for an hour about it, so whatever. Check it out. All right. <laughs> Let's bring in our guest, uh, our two, our guest of the day right now. Now, next guest, rather. Um, newest member of the Hyper Network team here. He has a new show called Sports District Radio every Tuesday. I think it's from 7 to 9 Central, maybe. I, I'm not sure exactly. Um, the man, Ryan Nemus, on the show. Ryan, follow us on Sports District Radio. Ryan, how you doing, man? Thanks, guys, for having me on, and I'm um, excited to be part of the uh, Happy Hour Network. Uh, it's been going great. How's it going for you guys? I'm doing real good, man. You, you're, you're a uh, Ernest, you just broke your you're not, no longer Ernest speaking virgin. That's good. <laughs> 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 that was lame, wasn't it, G? I mean, <laughs> was that lame? Whatever, right? I, 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 let me say, I, I would have went a lot more X-rated with that. So I'm glad you said it, not me. I, I, it was lame. Has it get done sometimes? I deserve that. That was lame. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you have a new show every Tuesday. Um, tell us about, yeah, show. Tell us a little about, about your background, you know, how long I've been doing the sports media thing and the show. Tell us a little about yourself, man. Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central to 8 p.m. And, uh, you know, we talk about everything. It's not just local sports because I'm from Chicagoland area. So we're not just talking about Chicago sports. We're talking everything in the NFL, the big news in the MLB, NBA, everything. No holds barred. We'll bash everybody. We'll talk about everything that wants to go on. I'll have uh, several guests being on, too, talking about their opinions about everything, get uh, expert opinions about certain topics, too, and it's going to be a relaxed atmosphere, um, not not boring at all, so uh, it's going to be fun, and I've been doing this for about three years, so glad to be part of the uh, the network, and it's going to be great, guys. you got a great team here. Ted Hicks and Lee Val was a great team here, of course. Um <clears throat> I want to ask you about the you're Chicago. So I want to ask about Derrick Rose. You know, Bulls fans are breathing a high relief. He's only going to be up for six weeks. Um, I had I had Sam Smith who, who for Bulls.com who, on the show a little earlier. Um, I ask you this: Can the Bulls still be a serious threat in the East with with Rose in his state right now this season? You know, it, it really depends on how well he does come back. And if he does come back, they say the timetable is four to six weeks. I'm not believing it yet, guys. Um, knowing the camp of Derek Rose and his brother Reggie Rose, I'm still being reluctant about when he is going to come back because this I don't is the second you. time on the same right knee with a meniscus tear. So I'm still worried about what's going to happen. It's caution is always being uh, resided with someone like Derek Rose, former MVP. You know, it's remarkable. He's missed what almost 200 games the last three, four years with the Bulls. So it's caution. Uh, optimism, really, 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 it is in Chicago. Hearing about him being out four to six weeks, but we heard the same thing last year when he got hurt. They said he didn't come back, then he ended up sitting out the entire season. So you know, it's it's a lot of caution. There's optimism there, but you know, if, the, if Rose is not here, this team's not going to be able to compete in the East. They'll make the playoffs, but there's no way they'll make it past the first or second round. Just it's tough without Rose, and even with Rose, 
he's not going to be 100%. We're going to see him being hesitant and going to the lanes, and it's going to be hard for them to even get out of the East, even if Rose is there. G? Um, being that you're from Chicago, I, I just had to ask you a question because I'm actually a Chicago Bears fan, as I spoke to you in the green room. About. What's wrong with but, you, G? But, but, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I just want to get it from you because I hear things from people in Chicago about how the fandom is. Like, I understand Michael Jordan unquestionably is the most talented athlete probably ever of all time. But when it comes to Chicago Bears sports, sports fan folklore, is Mike Dicka not more of a national treasure there in Chicago than Jordan is, considering Jordan pretty much stays in Charlotte, you know, and, and Dicka is still pretty much revered there. Is Dicka still like the bigger, the bigger um, icon there? Well, yeah, that whole Super Bowl team, they everyone loves them still. That's like uh, what we all live by still. <laughs> it seems like we're all uh, remembering the glory days when they won the Super Bowl back in the 80s. And, you know, winning something like the Super Bowl, I think is bigger than winning the NBA championship. And that's why I think it's most beloved. It, even though, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it's more beloved than Jordan because Jordan is basically, when you think of Chicago, you think of Michael Jordan. You ask anybody in the streets, you ask anyone who's not from Chicago, who do they think of? It's Michael Jordan. Um, even kids growing up today, they don't look up to Mike Dicka. <laughs> it's someone like Michael Jordan. But, you know, it, Mike Dicka does rival uh, the whole image of Michael Jordan. But, you know, like you mentioned before, everyone still lives and dies with the uh, that 84, 86 uh, Super Bowl team. So they're never going to go away as, as long as the Bears do not win the Super Bowl anytime soon. <laughs> that ain't happening. Brian, you know. <laughs> Ryan, need my guest right here, Ernest Speaker Radio Show. Now, you you revealed to me, um, you know, a little while ago that you're a big-time Dallas Cowboys fan. So check us out. You know, and I said as, as early as I told November that I still think Adrian Peterson finds his way to Dallas this season, this coming season. And you see all the, the wheel turning now. Dallas lowballs to Malcolm Murray. You know, four years, $60 million for a guy who was uh, 2,000 yards. Really? Um, and AP's issues now. You have the agent now saying that he wants out of Minnesota. He's reinstated this week. Do you, as a Cowboy fan, see AP as a, as a Dallas Cowboy come September? You know, it's looking that way. Um, the the Vikings have until March 10th to either restructure his contract or release him. They cannot trade him until after March 10th. And he stated over and over that that he is uncomfortable with coming back to the Minnesota because he truly felt that he was betrayed by the organization for allowing him to be put on the exempt list he felt like the organization was not behind him 100%. So he feels betrayed. And for a player to go back to an organization like that, where he doesn't feel like it's open arms, the Vikings will find a way. Adrian Pearson will find a way to be on a different team next year. It's kind of uh, contradictory to what he said earlier in the year when he was suspended. He said, I'd love to go back to Minnesota. But you know what? We heard him talk about it in, what, late December, where he said he'd love to play for Dallas. That's where he's from. And Jerry Jones, I think he'd rather spend money on a player who sat out an entire 2014 season, then somebody like DeMarco Murray, who rushed had 392 rushing attempts this season. You know, there's the curse of 390, where players usually break down after those rushing carries. And, you know, I think Jerry Jones is more hesitant about signing DeMarco Murray to a long term than perhaps trading for uh, Adrian Peterson and giving up the entire house for him. Sure. But, but uh, I wanted to ask you, no, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you anything about Chicago. Yeah, I am going to ask you about Chicago. <laughs> are you a Chicago White Sox fan or a Chicago Cubs fan? Because I, I, 
I grew up in. Obviously, I never left New York. I, I can't. I, I don't know. I, don't let, I can't leave New York ever. You, have, you know. You have but, to but, but, but I grew up. I, I used to be a Mets fan. You know, so I used to love Dallas Strawberry, David Cohen. You really that. Yeah, yeah. I used to love Dallas Strawberry, Scott Gooden, David Cohen. I still love those guys. You know, so I grew up as a Mets fan. I was young, and I always hated the Cubs. I always hated Andre Dawson. Uh-uh. I hated all those guys. So when my fandom, when I grew up. I fell in love with the White Sox, Frank Thomas, Robin Ventura. So the White Sox on my team, and I still hate the Cubs. So are you a Cubs fan? Is why I got to know. Unfortunately and sadly, I am a Scout Cubs fan. Uh, and I was at that 2003 Steve Bartman game, too. So. Oh, you were? Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. You were there? So I'm still recovering from that game. Yeah, it was oh, awful. Oh, uh, no. Oh, I still God. remember the words. I, I, I was only 13, 14 at that time, and uh, I learned a lot of new swear words because of that day. So, uh. <laughs> look, Brian, if, ever, if, look, Brian, if we ever meet, we, we can hug it out, I promise, okay? Because, I mean, I, I remember that game. Dude, dude, dude. I live in South Florida, so I'm, I'm, I'm around Marlins country here. I mean, that was... Oh, gotcha. I thought I felt bad for you guys, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a man for my way. Oh my god, that, that was terrible for you guys. Uh, last question, I'll let you go because we're going to the next segment. I want to talk to G about this in a second, but I'm going to ask you quickly before I let you go. Give me your Mount Rushmore of sports movies. Mount Rushmore of sports movie. Um, you know, I uh, I was in wrestling growing up, and uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, Vision Quest. You ever heard of that one? Mm-hmm. Um, all odds. It's about a Matthew Mordaine's in it. Just about a guy wrestling. Then you got, of course, you got uh, any given Sunday. Al Pacino's great speech in there. Uh, yeah. Who could not forget about Rudy? That I'm a big Nordame fan, so I love. I have to love Rudy. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I remember right. the Titans. That remember the Titans. It's overrated. It's <laughs> <is> overrated. <laughs> then you forget about Varsity Blues. That's a great one too. With uh, oh no, that well, Dawson's with, Creek with, guy. With, uh, James Vanderbeek. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm gonna say, and I'm probably gonna get my man card revoked for this. Because I'm one of those guys that it's when it comes to real life stuff, I don't cry. But when it comes to music or movies, I'll cry like a baby for no reason. You know, something that's totally fake, I'll cry. But real life, I won't cry. I'm weird like that. You know, and there's a scene in any, any given Sunday, as great as Al Pacino's speech is, you know, in any given Sunday, like at, the whole after effect, remember when Al Pacino's talking to Jamie Foxx at the end of the movie, you know, and, and, and Jamie Foxx just starts talking. He's like, oh, I saw a specialist about my shoulder. And he turns around, Al Pacino isn't there, and he goes, I'm scared. I, I always, at that moment, I don't know why I caught. I feel so bad for Jamie Foxx for that moment. Because, you, know, you know, it showed that, that parallel of, like, uh, of how, like, you're really alone in, the, in that NFL world. When, when things are going your way and you can't play, there's nobody to turn to. Nobody wants to hear about it. And I always feel bad for Jamie Foxx's character at that moment. So G is a crier. So G is a crier. Oh, dude, I cry all the time. Like, I, I'm telling you, TV, movies, music. Real I know life. You whine. Oh, yeah. I, know you, I know you whine a lot, but I didn't think you I don't cry. whine. I just tell the truth. I don't whine. Yeah, your man card, <laughs> your man card definitely got revoked. I don't Ooh. care. I don't care. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 35 years old. I don't care. <laughs> Once again, you can follow. <laughs> you are terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> So once again, every Tuesday, you can follow that. Listen to the Sports District Radio every Tuesday on this network. Follow me on Twitter at S District Radio. Ryan, man, we'll have you on the show again real soon, okay? Awesome. Thanks again, guys, and have a great one. Absolutely. You too, bro. Take care of yourself. All right, brother. Be good. Take care. Bye. That's the man, Ryan Neiman, right here at Earnshaker Radio Show. News I member of your all network. All Chicago questions. All Chicago questions. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And we, 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 just, we just teased our next segment. And it's funny. I'm going to read out, read out some of our some of our 
listeners actually responded this week. I put it on Facebook this week about it, you know, asking about, you know, yeah. Mount Rushmore of a. And we're going to do this more often. We're actually going to make this a, a not, maybe not weekly, but. Let me tell you, it, let me tell you, we're going to talk about it so hard. Because I have like 12 yeah. movies with it. So hard. All right, when we come back, Mount Rushmore Sports Movies next. And then, of course, we'll have our guy, Matt Whitener, Sports Fan Journal, on the show next. Ernest Week Radio Show presented by Happy Hour Network as well as NGSports.com. Police fan? A who fan? Police? 
No. What's wrong with the police? Things suck, man. Really? He, he has. Yeah, I think Sting, Ross Stewart, they have to like the worst voice, most overrated voices ever. Sting and Ross Stewart. Really? And, and you know who's getting on that list for me too of really overrated voices is John Legend. Wait, wait, John Legend? Yeah, John Legend's awful. He's not, dude. He sounds the same on every record, like everything sounds the same. Oh, dude. Him. Like, yeah, I, I okay. You're gonna you're gonna actually agree with me. I I I'm sick of John Legend. Oh, he's terrible. I think overrated. Look, I think it's good what he does. I just don't like his music. I'm sorry, sue me. I've never been a fan. All my fan members are like, oh really? I'm not like you, man. I'm a lot more. I'm, look, all of my, look. I love my family. Everybody, mom, dad, everybody, everybody. You know me. No, I'm I can't, very I can't. Yeah, You know I, what? I'm, I'm the one much. guy. You're not gonna, I, don't put me in a corner all because he's popular. You know exactly. Um, no, like, I'm you, not you know that guy. I like John Legend. I, I like him when he's when he sings the hook for a rap song. That's when I like John Legend. Honestly, I like him when he's just singing a hook on somebody else's record. That's when I like him. When he does a whole record, it just all sounds the same, man. It's annoying. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of music. I'm sorry. I, I, I know. I, I say that recognizes his greatness, and I, I know he's good. I'm yeah, not, whatever. Okay. Yeah, you know, and I, 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 I say this on my podcast. I get tired. I did say this on my podcast. I think I did take a shot at John Legend and that whole Glory song. I think I did go on in on that, you know, on my podcast. And I just think when people just get, they, they fall in love with anybody who sings and plays the piano. Like, we haven't seen this crap for 200 years. Just, <laughs> like, everybody goes crazy for Alicia Keys. Oh, she plays the piano. Everybody does that. <laughs> like, there's a, not everybody, but there's a large number of music artists that do that. It's not a big deal. <laughs> All right, so this week, and we're, we're going to start a new, a new segment here. We're, gonna, we're not going to do it every week, but every, maybe in a couple of weeks. But it was very popular. We started this. I actually started this topic on my Facebook and Twitter pages uh, this week, and I got a lot of responses from people on this. And we'll, we'll read some of the responses here first. But let's get to our – we're going to start our new uh, segment called Mount Rushmore. Basically, Mount Rushmore is obviously the top four, personal this, whatever. Um, Gene and I got to debate about uh, Mount Rushmore sports movies. So – Without further ado, who should go first? Uh, Who want to go first? You should go first. Me go first? Okay. Here's my Mount Rushmore of of movies. Now, I'm going to surprise you because most of the movies, three to four movies, are baseball. Mm. Okay. Which which is funny funny because that's not really your favorite sport. No, it's not. I love it, but I love favorite sport. I hear you. It doesn't make the theater at all. My number four Mount Rushmore movie is you shot Angels in the Outfield. Wow, that wow, that was even on my radar. <laughs> yes, Angels wow, in the Outfield. Wow, that have a sentimental as a sentimental value to you when you were correct. Or Lo- yeah, no, that's okay. correct. Yep, yep. My number. Right. What, what's, your number what's your number four? Uh, my number four. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go number four. I'm going to go just number one because I don't know what the other one is. Uh, my, my number one was, was Rocky, but my issue with Rocky, it's, it's one of my favorite, it's, it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. And I understand boxing is sport and whatnot, but every time I watch this movie, and I watch this movie over and over again, it's not even that much of a sports story to me. It's more of a love story to me. Like, I think the dynamic between him and Adrian is what pushes him. But I think that's the beauty of it. 
but for me, for all things considered, Rocky is a top five movie of mine. I couldn't leave off the rush for it's Academy Award winning movie, so you know, Rocky. By the way, you were saying about how like you get teary eyed about certain things. Even the outfield when Danny Glover adopts both kids, both the black and white kids. I got teary eyed about that one. I get teary eyed at that where Rocky screams for Adrian. I cry over everything in movies. I'm telling you, I'm not lying to you. Wow. I can send that to you. You're confident on live radio, my friend. What does anybody listening to tell you? Really? If you allow me to get sick of my quiet movies, I'll make you cry about your life. I don't care. Don't don't My next movie on my list. My next movie is The Sandlot. You and me are just. No, I'm telling you, I wrote down 12 movies. Sandlot and Angels in the Outfield were not even on my 12. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, you know, Sandlot didn't do it for me. Sandlot didn't do it for me like it did for a lot of my a lot of my peers. It didn't do it for me. Well, I'm also a, I'm also a nostalgic freak, so I mean, uh, everything is old for me. Everything great that's old is good for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're old, man. Wow, Another movie you got here. Um, my next one, pretty easy one for me. Um, I still think I still think even with any given Sunday out there. The program is the best football movie I've ever seen, hands down. James Conn nailed it as a college football coach of a program that's a program that's legit. The Heisman Trophy, the whole Heisman Trophy candidate, the the, the the linebacker who pretty much all he had was football, the steroid abuser. You know what's great about the program? It was done what 15, 17 years ago, and mm-hmm. all those all those storylines are still relevant to today's college football game. Beautiful. I love that movie. I, I never cried during that movie, but one of, one, of, one of my favorite movies ever. Beautiful picture. Never seen it. Get the hell out of here. You and me are completely it. different on this, man. This is awesome. Wow. No, no, it's great. Wow. Wow. No, I can't believe you've never seen it. My next movie, we might agree on this one. White Men Can't Jump. Once again, not even in my 12th. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> what is it about White Men Can't Jump that made it for you? Susie Perez, minus her voice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, she's on The View. I saw her on The View the other day. She's not aging too well, is she? She's all right. She kind of just looks like an old chick, an old Spanish chick on, like, Fordham Road, really. That's what her life is right now. She just looks, she don't look sexy. She don't look like a cougar. Nothing. Like, you know. My mom says she's really smart, though, so for all those that care about girls who are smart. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Your next movie uh, is? My next movie, I, th- I think, I- I'll be surprised if this isn't your fourth one. For me, that this is a childhood thing, always goes, if you look at my name, D. Celio, it's pretty much inspired by this guy, Emilio Estevez, and that's Mighty Duck. It's why it's why it's one of the best Philgin movies I've ever seen. That would um, be my top twelve, obviously, but, but my, and my wife loves it. That's, too. All right, at least that was in your top twelve. But you know, it, it has Casey from Dawson's Creek in it, and not for nothing. You know how I always push that song, uh, that push, push that show, Empire. Well, one of the main guys on the show, he played uh, the brother Jesse. No, Terry, uh, on this movie, and he's on that show now. But I love Mighty Duck. Number one movie at the time. And I couldn't do one movie. I had to, I had to pack it together. One and two. Major League. Major League? Major League. One and two. Combine it. You can't combine it. I love them both. I love them both. You can't combine it, though. Wow, you dang. You bait my butt. 
Let's read out some of these, some of the, some of our guys that wrote in. I thank you once everybody wrote in today this week. My, my my boy Craig Horn writes Major League Eight Men Out, The Water Boy, and Sandlot. <laughs> my boy I, Frank I Myers. I can't, I can't I can't ride with the Water Boy. Okay, Frank Myers writes in Remember the Titans, Hoosiers, The Sandlot, North Dallas Forty. My guy Dan, my my, my boy Dan Vesna, who's actually going to New York for the wedding for, wrote in The Sandlot, Rudy, The Natural, and We Are Marshall. Wow, I never seen Marshall, actually. James Fitzgerald the fourth writes in Any Given Sunday, Glory Road, the program, the natural. No I never seen the natural. How about how about our girl Robin? Feel the dream. Blindside. Remember the Titans. Fever pitch. Of course, Red Sox. Yeah, of course you got that. <laughs> you know what? Feel the dream was one of those movies to me that I understand the baseball element. But to me, that wasn't a sports movie. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm I, I love the movie. I, you talk about you talk about a movie that makes you cry. I cry at like three different scenes in that movie. You know, <laughs> I'm crying all the time. Here's a why. None of these movies are on our list. Jonathan Manning writes in Tim Cup, the greatest game ever played, The Legend of Bagger Vance, and Caddyshack. That's terrible. Just get out of here. That's a terrible <laughs> list. Bob Valari writes in. Feel the dreams, Rocky, Pride of the Yankees, and The Natural. Pride of the Yankees, very good movie. Ronald Goodwin, The Replacement, A League of Their Own, Miracle, in the Cup. Replacement, so underrated. So, and Replacement was on my 12. Oh, yes. I, I never gave you my number one. What was it? Actually, we agreed on it. Major League. Very good, buddy. Very good. Yeah, that, let one, me right? tell you, though. Major League had tough competition between any given Sunday, above the rim, and a league of their own. Okay. Okay. Tough competition. Roger DeGaiso writes, Bill Durham, Cinderella Man, Tim Cup, The Natural. I've never seen any of those movies. <laughs> Our boy Antoine Staley writes in, Rocky, Raging Bull, Hoosers, and Rudy. Me and Antoine discussed Rachel, but I told him that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I I hate Raging Bull. I think it's one of the worst movies. So overrated. I agree. I never oh, seen it before, but no. I agree with you. Dude, it was so boring. I mean, Antoine's like, nah, man, you don't know what I'm talking about, man. We, just, we had this argument like a year ago. I how about Rocky, you know? Lots of, lots of Rocky picks here, though. How about, how about, uh, how about uh, Cameron McGeary writes in Miracle, Remember the Titans, Glory Road, and Major League? Yeah, I agree. I, I like the fact that Major League is getting a lot of love, and now it's the only one you and me agreed on. That's quite a weird one. That's quite a, that's quite a, a nice list here. How about uh, Kyle Nash? Well, I, I, I stole this topic off Kyle Nash. Um, Kyle Nash writes in replacement, Miracle, Major League, Hoosiers. By the way, I don't mention myself. I don't mention me. Those two are Jerry Maguire. Uh, I don't, I'm not into that movie at all. I forgot who wrote their list, and it had nothing to do with movies. It was hilarious. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I gotta find Big that one. Big Mel, Mel Wilson writes Rocky Two, The Program, Any Given Sunday, and Cannibal Run. That's a good one. Ooh. Cannibal, Cannibal Run. Get out of here. That doesn't count. That's D. Will. That's D. Will. Get at him. Cannibal Run. That's not even legit. No. 
Kamara Boss here at Happy Hour. Lee Val writes in Fever Pitch. Gone. Bill Durham. Bingo Long and the Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings and Slapshot. I'm still trying to find the guy who wrote, like, some real... Oh, yeah. Whoever this is. I don't know who this is. One of your people. Charles Reed, Reed said... Raiders of the World Star only walked to seven brides from seven brothers. Oh, yeah, just, for, just for that, he gets pissed. Another movie that I, I actually was on the fence, not the fence about, but I kind of always think it's swept under the wrong. James Cagney movie, City for Conquest, where he plays a, he plays a boxer from New York City. Actually, yeah. a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies as well. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask Matt about this one. I'm going to ask Matt about this one especially. Because I think... Oh, he's he's, he's going to be like Major League 1, 2, 3, and like Bull Durham. He's going to say Bull Durham. Yeah, he's going to say the natural Bull Durham Major League. It's all going to be baseball. He's going to go straight baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's going to talk about. Baseball. <laughs> I can't wait to get that on, man. I can't wait to get that on. I can't wait. <laughs> one of my favorites. Is it what, like five months? Four months? Really? About that? Really? Um, I don't know. How long, how long has been since we've been on the show? Like four months? I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since Matt's been on. All right, okay, we come back. We come on the show. Next, next, the, the great Matt Weiner, our return of the Team Seeds Weekly on the show. We come back next. Earthly Radio Show.
By the way, I don't know if you guys know this. Buster Rhymes is my old set. Welcome back to the MC Speaker Radio Show. I'm the main part of this show, G Stelio, aka the Heart to Hop. The other guy on this show just has his name on it, EJ Christian. And right now, we're bringing in Matt. Whoa, 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 no, 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 no. What? What happened? It's that time. For Cheap Seats Weekly with Matt Whitener, St. Louis Cardinals Homer, and Baseball Guru. Find him on Twitter at Cheap Seats Please or at SportsFanJournal.com. It's all about the game, and I just like. You ain't heard it. Follow me on Twitter at SportsFanJournal.com. My man, welcome back to the show, Matt Whitener. What's up? I just spit water all over my living room. Why? I literally, I literally just stood up. On the on the table and did the whole Triple H intro. That's awesome. Yo, that I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Ron Staley gonna be pissed. Why? Why? Ron Staley. Ron catches best feelings because that because you give like a, a nice intro to what Matt Whitener and he's like, I don't know, I I, I can talk baseball too. I I don't have an intro like that. <laughs> 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 he catches such feelings about it. It's hilarious. He catches a lot of feelings, dude. He's like, no, I don't mind. He's like, whatever, man, whatever. Oh, man, it's so great, man. I love that dude, man. But, yeah, well, yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome back, though, Matt. Welcome back, though, Matt. I was actually telling you that I missed you, man. Believe What's it or not. What's going on, man? Yeah, it yeah, must be early in the year with this kind of reception. Like, I'm going to smoke this in while it's here for I'm getting this type of this type of reception coming on. This must be early in the year. Exactly. It's definitely been a few months. It's definitely been a few months and you can't miss much dude, love. When, I th- when I told G that you're calling the show, he was like, he's like, what? Matt? Yeah. Damn, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, there's only a couple of guys. Like, like a Swan, you, or, 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 or Ray Ray on. You know, I'm like, oh, let's go. Let's get in. You know, like, I go. And now, and now Ray and Freshly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, raise on another level. It's, it's, it's early. I'll say it's earlier in the year. I'll just leave it there. It's early on. I haven't Wait, said anything too ridiculous. Old. I haven't said anything yet. So, yeah, let's just see how it goes. Also, this is a Matt uh, podcast on the license of Chief Seats on NGS Sports Network every Thursday. Uh, Matt, um, before I get to some of these topics, because uh, there's, there's actually a lot of baseball topics to get to early on. I mean, and actually, not like the, there's actually some like really good topics. I mean, not. Obviously, you have to, you know, see the previews and all that stuff, but it's actually something like the A-Rod stuff and stuff. But before you get to all that, <clears throat> give me your Mount Rushmore of sports media. And um, go. All right. Uh, well, yeah, you, you predicted one of them. I think Bull Durham's awesome. Um, uh, I like Rocky because it was a poor white guy that made good instead of the other way around. Um <laughs> I like Raging Bull because I don't see how you can't like Raging Bull. And oh I like Major God. League. I like Major League because, I mean, brother, Major League. easily, easily. <laughs> I mean, that was when Charlie Sheen was in his prime. I mean, we're talking yep. about coming right out of Topper Harley and then going straight in to Major League. I mean, you know, with the with the anytime you can bring a guy in from the bullpen with a cutoff Steve Austin leather vest, he's, he's, he's going to stay on my list of prominent characters of all time, so. 
That's the all three of us had major league. All three of us. Yeah, yeah that's the one we all agreed on. That's the one we actually yeah. all agreed on. And Wait, by the way, are we counting? No, we counting the Wesley Snipes, Willie Mays, Hayes, or the Omar Epps one? Because I'm counting both, the Wesley both, Snipes. Both. I, 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 said, the Snipes. I said the Wesley Snipes I, one. I said both because I asked this. this I had. I love part two for different reasons. Also, part two. I know part two is not as good as part one, but yep. Our boy, uh, Matt Jason Quinskills, wrote a, a nice piece a couple years ago on Major League Two on the Journal a couple years ago. I know you, you probably saw it. And well, to just, me, it, just a year or ago, I wrote about the Marlins being there. Who? Really? Me, I did. Yeah, over it was a starting lineup at, at the Sportsland Journal. It yeah. was um because it was when I realized that. Um, Giancarlo Stanton really was if Pedro Serrano made good on himself. And, 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 uh, and a lot of people, a lot of people, it flies on the radar. Pedro Serrano is actually the old state guy. A lot of people, that yeah, he's the, the president radar, for twenty four. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And, and, he, he, he's on that show, Backstrom. He's done well for himself. Yeah. Any, any guy that Uda. can get do the James, he's, he's like the modern day James Earl Jones, but commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He's kind, yes, he he is. Is. he's kind of he's, he's kind of uh, redefined himself a little bit. Buddha, He's very Jabu. bad to drink jumbo drum. Very bad. <laughs> the, 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 Matt, the, the thing is, though, I love both movies for different reasons. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the first the Asian guy, the, the first one was part just so two ridiculous. Yeah, part two is hysterical. Is it yeah, honestly like, like I, I didn't like the drop off of Wesley Snipes to Omar Epps. That, that well, neither did I. Yeah, that bothered me a lot. Like, I, I loved Wesley Snipes. You know, he fitted perfect. And that was when Wesley Snipes was as big as me. That was way before Blade, when he was all juiced up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was before he, before he became Barry Bonds. Wesley Snipes' career eerily um, parallels Barry Bonds. You know, he was young. He was versatile. He was in all these roles. He really was, you know, like, man, what can he do? But then he got yeah. juiced up, fell off. He, he went for the big hits only, and then he ended up in jail. <clears throat> Wait, Bonds, Bonds, Bonds wait, 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 wait. Barry Bonds and steroids? What? Who? Allegedly. Allegedly. Who? <laughs> Who did? Barry Bonds and steroids? I'm, 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 I'm still getting in line with the Rob Manfred um, uh, line of thinking, so I have to be careful about what I actually acknowledge it to or don't. So, okay. We'll, we'll see. Let's, let's, get, let's get the real baseball news real quick. Um, A-Rod, he's been a topic of, of discussion leading to the year. Um. He apologized, obviously, publicly, whether you take it as, as, as sincere or not. But the piling on is so bad, man. It's to the point now where, as a guy who's not really an A-Rod fan anymore, I'm starting to feel sorry for him a little bit. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's stop. We can't feel bad for A-Rod because A-Rod doesn't feel bad for anybody else or anything. He could care less about this, re- this reception than he could care about being his every move being applauded like it's nineteen, it's like it's two thousand and two again. He doesn't care, so I don't care enough to feel bad for him. But I think it's fascinating that I like to see people get forced down people's throats, and A Rod is the master of that. You know, he's come back, he's put himself exactly where he left off at. Like he literally cannot be taken out of the limelight, and he really doesn't care. I mean, the funniest thing about it is you go from the last two years the Mariano Rivera. Um, hug and kiss tour, and then last year the Derek Jeter hug, kiss, and reach around tour. So now <laughs> you got to have the. So now you get the Alex Rodriguez kick, kick mud in your face tour. I'm back. You got to love it. He's like he's like Eric Bischoff. He won't go away. But I mean, he he he's he's literally back now, and he's like, listen, I'm not going anywhere. At this point, you're gonna have to teach me another position because I'm here, and you're gonna have to play me. 
So I love it, and I think it's fantastic. I actually Here's picked a, him to be the face of the Yankees on the, the, the contest I'm running over on the site right now. <laughs> it's great. Here's a, I love here's it. The thing. Here's the thing, Matt. Can he help the Yankees at least next year or two? Can he help a little sure. bit? Sure. Sure he can. I mean, there's a lot to be seen. You know, obviously with age and then with being away from the game, it's hard to say about how he'll react. Back, you know, seeing those high 90s fastballs, having to judge those breaking balls again. I mean, he was struggling with top-tier stuff as is. But will he get the opportunity to? Absolutely. I mean, you're not going to – basically, they're on the hook for $60 million for this guy. The Yankees aren't exactly at the top of the game themselves. I mean, they probably were the most surprising second-place finisher in any division in the game last year. But now that you look at that team, you say – well, I mean, Mark Teixeira didn't hit 200 last year. You know, Carlos Beltran was barely out there. You bring Chase Headley back, but Chase Headley's never going to be the guy he was offensively a few years ago for the Padres. There's just not a lot of dependable offense on that team. So you have to give him a chance to see what he can do. I mean, there's a lot worse options, honestly. And if he can still hit you know, a quality fastball, if he can't hit a quality fastball, let me take that back, but he can hit a mediocre one, he'll be fine. Gee. Um, I hate to keep it with the New York teams, but I just had to ask the question. Um, because both New York teams are kind of relying on their on their bullpen more than anything. Um, did, who do you think who do you think's comeback is gonna? And I, I don't want to say me more. Who do you think whose comeback will be more successful after surgery, Tanaka or Matt Harvey? I think Matt Harvey because Matt Harvey's actually went through the paces, has rehab. He's been gone for a year and a half. It doesn't quite feel that long, but he he's gone back. He's gone through the paces. You know, he he's got ready to throw. We still don't know what exactly is going to happen with Tanaka. You know, he went out there and he was brilliant in a stretch last year, but, you know, Harvey's barely, his career sample is small, but Tanaka's is even smaller on the major league level. I'm concerned about the fact that they didn't, that he didn't shut it down and have surgery. And then about just how worn out he looked in that one start he made against the Blue Jays when he came back last year. Um, Until I see something out there that you know, a guy that depends on so much hard breaking stuff and so many different pitches. I mean, that's a that is a tough workload he throws, regardless of how healthy he is. So, I mean, I have to say Matt Harvey without a doubt. I mean, he, he plays for, and honestly, he plays for the he plays for the more talented pitching staff. They've got a <clears throat> overall the Mets might have the best pitching staff in the National League. So, I mean, that's a that's wow. a pretty that's a pretty strong but understated group of talent they got there. So, when you get back a front line guy who's not that far away from having started an all-star game himself. That's a huge jump back for that team. Matt, one of my guests, Earthly Radio Show right here. Follow us on the TC's fan. TC uh, fan, yeah. yeah. Please recite. <laughs> <I'm at>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, my own man. I am not my site. Oh, really? Really, dude? You really going to do that to me? Really? Really? What Your your branding is so superior that you don't have to. You are one in the same. I, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be like you. <laughs> that's the worst. Oh, okay, okay. That's, um, that's mid season. That's mid season snark right there, baby. The form know, is still there. And we're only in February. That's the funny thing. Um, <laughs> My elbow feels fine. <laughs> a lot of excitement down here in South Florida about the Marlins. I know they signed Jim Carl Stanton to that, that humongous contract, obviously. But there's actually a lot of general excitement with this team going forward, at least in the short term. The Marlins, how, how, how should we feel about this? Well, I think the Marlins are absolutely in the in the middle of the race for what I would consider to be the um, 
of the real wild card, the one that gets to play the home game. You know, I, you know, it's hard now. You get thrown in one game. You got to figure out whether you, how far your postseason is going to go. But you know, why not the Marlins? I'll put it that way. Um, the thing, one thing I hope that they don't do is that they don't put too much urgency on bringing Jose Fernandez back because I mean, I I see him as being a big player in the second part of the really the stretch run, even the August through September part of the year. But um, yeah, I, I like what they've done. Even if you take Stanton outside of the equation. Adding guys like Martin Prado, looking at the development of Christian Yelich and Marcelo Zuna, and a, a staff that adds um, Matt Lato to the top of it from experience with Dan Heron. I, I like what they've done. Um, I'm not 100% sure if D. Gordon does what he did again last year. They might have bought a little bit past prime price on him. But, you know, still all the same, it adds another element to that team, and it gives them another way of going about scoring runs. And it, it, it seems like not too long ago, Stanton was the one guy in baseball that was just left unprotected. Like, if you didn't want to throw to him, you didn't have to. And now, you know, there's really no way around it. He's going to get a chance to drive in a lot of runs. He's going to get a chance to score a lot of runs behind him. So um, I, I really thought he took huge steps last year. He was a guy that I felt was the National League MVP, regardless of how his season ended up. And, you know, to be on the incline at that level when you're in your mid-20s and now being surrounded by more and more guys, I mean, it's, there's a – there's a good reason to be excited about that team. We're, we're going to Gene and We've got some breaking news. Both Kyrie Irving and LeBron James out tonight at the Indiana Pacers. Oh, well, that ain't no breaking news. Viva la Kevin Love? I, I don't know. What, 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 what does that mean? He still hurt, too? <laughs> what does that mean? That means the Pacers suck, huh? That's what pretty much means. The Pacers suck. That's what I mean. That was a pretty good news. We knew that. We knew that. Wait, G, G, does that mean uh, that Brad Doherty and Mark Price are getting called in tonight? By, oh, speaking of Brad Doherty, man, I, and he's been one of my shout-outs today on the show. Good to see him on NBA, doing some NBA talk now on ESPN. I, I know he did NASCAR yeah, he for a long time, obviously, but I love Brad Doherty. I, I, he's one of the most underrated centers. If he had stayed healthy, he'd be a Hall of Famer, surefire Hall of Famer, first ballot. Wow. He was really good. He was wow. really good. Oh, you're, Brad you're, you're, was you're, you're just giving that Hall of Fame ballot, aren't you? God, man. But I mean, you you went you went from you went from really solid center to Hall of Fame. I mean, God, uh, to be yeah, a Hall of Fame center when well, Brad Doherty played, that means that he's like Elijah when, when, or David when Robinson. He was, when he was, but look, look, and that era was hard to stick out because you had Elijah on Ewing, Shaq. I mean, Perfect Ellison. Doherty's teams were fifty one one teams every season. The same. Luke Longley. <laughs> Bill Wellington? <laughs> Jack Six? Nope. Terry Cummings, huh? Tom Bradley? Chris huh? Dudley? Randy Brewer? Kevin Duckworth. Kevin <laughs> Duckworth. Quack, 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 Mr. Duckworth. One of my top top four movies. Mighty Duck. <laughs> Good one. Um, Matt, I, I had a question for you. Because um, everybody knows how fan bases get when, when, when there's a little bit of positive flair going their way, fans get out of control. Realistically, I know there's a renaissance going on with the Chicago Cubs, but, but, but what do you think is a success for them this season, being their first season of this whole of, of Madden and everything else going on? If you want to get an idea about what the Cubs are doing, look at the Royals. Um, now, don't look at the Royals from last year because, in a way, the Royals overachieved last year, meaning that you know they got hot at the – absolute possible best time that you could, meaning the playoffs. They played the best baseball in the playoffs. But if you look at the Royals about uh, two years ago, a lot of young guys coming together, few few older guys that they could build around. Um, you know, I think that Anthony Rizzo is kind of their Alex Gordon guy that brought up, built around a little bit. 
But um, there's going to be a lot of learning going on in that everyday lineup. And, yeah, John Lester's exciting. Jake Arrieta pitched well at the end of last year. You know, Jason Hamill pitched well for them in the National League, much better in the National League than he did in the AL. But that is a ridiculously tough division in the NL Central with a team like the Cardinals and the Pirates that are two of the more well-rounded teams in baseball. Then you go to a team that can just thump the ball. And as an underrated staff a little bit, too, as well in the um, in the Brewers, uh, it's going to be tough for them. Um, I I think that they're one of those teams in my mind that wins the winter and then gets the reality in the summer. I, mm-hmm. I think that they are they were already trending up to be a better team, but any idea of them breaking into the upper tier of that division is, is way way overselling it. Um, will they be a really good team in two years? Still, oh yeah, they'll be a, they'll be really good in two years. They'll be pushing any team in, in that time. But you know, this is the best division <clears throat> in baseball we're talking about. So um, you know, I I think that if they finish with a strong fourth place year and close the margin on on third place they get a few of the lumps that they need in order to learn how to break up but i wouldn't i wouldn't buy on them in or even pushing for the postseason too too far all right you can follow him on twitter once again at cheap seat fan his great work at a sports fan journal you're still doing excellent baseball right well yeah 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 grind I'm grind grind baby the beat. donald draper we're um the Don- hey the I'm donald draper beat writer I- Hey, no, it's not a question. Actually, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to ask you if you've taken part in this yet. So right now at the Sports Fan Journal, we're trying to determine who really is the face of Major League Baseball right now. So all we're doing is everybody head over there, click the banner, um, vote, enter your information. We're giving away a copy of MLB The Show 2015 to oh, one wow. winner that comes away from that. Uh, nobody writes for the site is eligible, but everybody else is in. So head over there, vote for that. The results are looking pretty interesting right now. But, uh, yeah, we need everybody to do that because we're trying to really see who is really going to lead this next generation of MLB, which is kicking off now. So be good to see. Nice. Oh, and uh, who would you I'm say Trout. is the face of Major League Baseball, EJ? I'm Trout. <laughs> Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Who else is there? Mike Trout. I mean, who else? I mean, there's tons of guys that you you could you could lean on. You know, I mean, I think you already know G's answer, A Rod. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I, hey, A Rod getting some votes. I mean, I would love if A Rod was, but I, I actually I actually been saying that yeah. I would I, I would like Major League Baseball to push, even though they push them enough. Bryce Harper, because he's just young, just more fun. You know, he's kind of like a rebel kind of mentality. I, I like Bryce Harper. He's I good. voted for McCutcheon. Oh, I like that uh, one. I, you know what? I like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Who's the other dude? Oh, man. There's actually, you know what? It's not baseball season, but the dude from Baltimore. The uh, outfielder on Baltimore. Uh, Adam Jones. Adam Jones. Oh, love him. Adam, love him. I, 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 no, I, I, heard, I heard one interview with Adam Jones. I loved him. I just oh, he's hearing, great. hearing this man talk, he's real as it gets. Oh, he's Adam great. Jones, I mean, Adam, Adam Jones is, Jones is and, and to think, and to think the that dining. the Mariners gave him up. The Mariners gave him up for Eric Bedard. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? I'm gonna switch my vote. I, I think I'm gonna log in. I'm gonna go to your website and I'm putting Adam Jones. I, I like Adam Jones, man. Let's do it. Come on, all man. right, man. We're, we're Everybody, time. definitely. Hey, have a good one, y'all. We'll talk soon, okay? I promise. Uh, all right, now. All right, brother. Be good. All right, we come back, guys. Quick break. Shout out next.
Adrian, it was a big pun. Then in the middle of Italy. Yes. It was a big pun. Love that. We're back. We're down to the last seven days. And this is literally going to be like a two-minute segment. We call it shout out. Once again, we had a great show today. Hey. First thing, St. Smith. Follow oh, oh. my favorite writer of all time. Dude, I've been blessed. We've been some really good guests on this show last, the last year, man. You got, like, the best co-host ever, too. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. Steel <laughs> Omega. Dude, you, rant? you have any rants before you go today? No, I got nothing. I got no rants. I'm kind of just mundane right now. <laughs> Are you serious? You, you didn't have no rants today, bro. I, I am really shocked at you. Yeah, I'm, I was pretty good today. I mean, I was, I was actually in a good mood today. I wasn't grumpy about anything today. I was in a pretty good mood today. I'm really shocked. I'm really, really shocked. No rants today. I got, I got, I got nothing to do tonight either. I got nothing to do you, tonight. You, you, you never see your girlfriend tonight? No, I'm not doing nothing. Like, you I, you I know, don't know what I'm doing. Eli? Here, Eli. Eli! You're Eli in the background? No, I didn't hear him. I was talking. <laughs> I was talking over Eli. You hear, you hear him now? Now I hear him. A little bit. So today's No Rant presented by... G-Steel! Omega! Omega! Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, I give a shout-out to the guy who we were talking about earlier on the show, and that's Big Sean for dropping one kick-ass album this week. Dark Sky Paradise, amazing album. Go pick it up and check out my review of Dark Sky Paradise on tcleo.com. Yeah, once again, guys, if you get a chance to see also, get a chance to see the Sports Hour. Excellent podcast on tcleo. He's been doing it every single week, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Great content there recently, man. He had the Big Sean record on there, a couple of playing, a couple clips in there. I had no clue who Sean was last week. Dude, the stuff I've heard, and I'm not, you know me, I'm not a big pop guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Hey, I must admit, got to do it. I think I'm gonna have a. I think I'm trying. I'm trying to arrange it. I may have a. I, my podcast next week might be Jeremy and Rainer Freshly, so that'll be interesting. Get those sensor buttons ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do a lot of editing after that one. I have a. Good, I, I have, I'm, gonna tell, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell them just what it's why, so I'm gonna edit a lot of it afterwards. All right. Shout out goes to Leonard Nimoy today who passed away at 83 years old. Live long and prosperous, Fox. Shout out to Dawson's Creek because I do actually own Dawson's Creek. All the <laughs> Go ahead and make fun of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Kevin Garnett, the return. Did you see that return? The, uh, nah, the, the, the I mean, you got? Kevin Garnett, I'm just a hater. I love Garnett and all. But what, what's the big, I know he returned home and all, but what's the big deal? I mean, he's not like LeBron is turning home in his prime, or relative prime. He needs to be 38 years old. I'm not good anymore. Home. Home. They, didn't, they didn't do that for Kevin Garnett. Shout out to, hey, by the way, shout out to my man, Michael Beasley, for the third time in Miami Heat NBA contract. Um, you get a chance, G. HaHaHoops.com. My uh, my teammate David Ramil and I we were uh, we debated on there uh, 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 a column about whether it's a good move for uh, for the Heat him and Beasley Beasley be on this team check it out good stuff hothooks.com uh, and my Facebook it's really really good stuff man and shout out goes to my cousins on California Jeff and Jenna Amon who's actually going to be uh, having a baby this uh, this summer um, nice. as they venture and. Start a new business called Last Drop Bottle Shop. We're gonna actually have a lot of promos on of their uh, new venture on this show the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, 
and stuff. So that's what's going on here. So God bless you guys as well. And what's going to show for you, G, for once again coming to the show and doing the thing, man, as always. Hey, I, I, I do it for you, man. I do it for you. And the people. Hey, man. And the ladies. And the ladies. And the girls. And, and your girlfriend, too. And the ladies. And your girlfriend, too. And the ladies. And the girlfriend, too. <laughs> Eli. And you. And Eli. And All Eli. right, man. <laughs> once again, thank you to Sam Smith. I want to thank Ryan Neiman. And Matt Weiner and all the listeners and supporters of this, of this movement. Thank you so much. G, as always, thank you. Follow G on, t- on Twitter, G W S C W L A O. Where did you go? you have any, any more comments from that very soon? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of album views coming next week and a Jay Cutler article going up on NGSC.com next Uh-oh. week as well. Defending yeah. him again? Uh-oh, it's right. Uh-oh, it's right. <laughs> Alan Nash is going to rip you new one. Uh-oh. All right, once again, follow me on Twitter at EJCutler7. Ted Hicks, Lee Vowles, Rob Garcia, and Kyle Nash. Thank you. Once again, everybody, God bless you all. Good weekend. Take care. Later, G. Later, man. Thank <laughs> you.